0: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about this month's MarTech news. Joining us is Juan Mendoza, who is the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter, which is a weekly email newsletter to help you navigate the marketing and technology industry. With thousands of subscribers from the world's largest companies, the MarTech Weekly serves as our newsletter here on the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Juan and I talked about why I decided to give him the MarTech newsletter, and today we are going to continue our conversation by talking about this month's top three MarTech news stories. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly. Juan, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Good to be back, Ben.
1: Always a pleasure to have you here, my friend, excited to continue our conversation as our MarTech newsletter correspondent. Hey, look, you've been digging over the data. You read all the news stories more than the rest of us have time to. Let's talk about what's actually happening that matters in the MarTech industry this month. We're recording this in the middle of September. So, you know, if Apple buys Google, we'll talk about that next month. But mid-September, we're probably going to publish this in early October. Give me the top three stories that have been on your mind this month.
2: Great. So I've got three stories for you from this month. Three very different perspectives. And the first one is the slowdown in MarTech spending, actually. So uh, according to eMarketer, they just recently released a report. They're saying that MarTech is set to surpass $6 billion in spending this year, which is actually a significant decrease year on year compared to the last two years. So if we look over the forecast in 2020, MarTech spending in B2B marketing technology spending in the U.S., topped about $4.7 billion. In 2021, $5.7 billion. And then in 2022, it's set to top about $6.5 billion. But you know what? That's actually a year-on-year decrease from 21% in 2021 to 14% in 2022.
1: So one, I understand that there's growth, but it's decelerating growth. What does that mean to you?
2: Well, I think it means a few things. I think we're kind of out of this pandemic gold rush That's been happening over the past two years. And that's pretty obvious. Everyone kind of knows that, that everyone's going back into store and everyone's going back out into the real world now. And all of that spending on MarTech to sort of really prepare for a digital world has kind of subsided, I think. And I think a lot of the expectations, you see a few companies out there, say Shopify, they just laid off a pretty big percentage of their staff because they were very confident that e-commerce spending would continue after the pandemic. They've let go of a bunch of stuff because they're way too optimistic, hide way too many staff. So I think what that slowdown is representative of the pandemic. But also, I do think that there is an element here of there's just so much MarTech to spend on now. And people are getting a little bit cautious about what they're investing in, in terms of what their budget is, in terms of marketing technology. So I think that's a big part of it. There's sort of big wave that happened, a gold rush, and now that's subsiding. But there's also, I think, a lot of experimentation over the past two years and brands are thinking, well, how much should I actually be investing into this marketing technology space? What has worked? What hasn't worked? And I think for a lot of companies, that has been underwhelming. So I think that's a big thing there in terms of the Martech spending It's slowing down, but I also think that there's still plenty of opportunities to grow as well.
1: Okay, so we're seeing a deceleration in growth probably related to the pandemic. Do you think that we're in line with the pre-pandemic growth? You know, we saw a big blip for two years of people buying more. If we just ignore those two years and assume that we were going to have linear growth, are we in line with the 2019 projections?
2: So there was a famous chart back in 2020 from McKinsey. And they were saying that the e commerce space, and it's a really good sector to look at in terms of Martech, e commerce, and spending online has accelerated 10 years worth of progress in five months. And it was one of those charts that everyone shared around. And it was talking about, well, yeah, look at all this accelerated growth. But now, and uh, Benedict Evans has actually done a lot of work in this space. He's an independent analyst and researcher. But he said, we're actually now back to that trend line. So if you draw a trend line from 2019 right through to now, We're kind of back to that point in terms of online spending in that specific trend line. So the trend line's always been growing, but I would say that the pandemic has accelerated just for two years, but now we're back to that original trend line. So I think there's something there about, well, is it really going to be permanent? A lot of the change and digital transformation that happened over the past few years? Probably not, but the industry is always growing. So to give you another insight here, E-marketer is forecasting that the MarTech spending in the US by 2024 will top 8.5 billion. So we're still going to grow. We're still going to grow. I think there's still a lot of growth and development in the industry, but we're back to the trend line. And I think that's really important to call out.
1: All right. So we're back on trend lines for what was the
2: pre-pandemic growth. Talk to me about what your second story of the month is. This one's an interesting one. This is talking about Netflix and ads. So there's been this really interesting branch out of all these different ad networks across the industry. And a lot of that has to do with third-party cookie deprecation and changes to how you can online, track people online and target with them with ads. But what it does mean is that there's all these industries going into ads for the first time. Netflix is one of them. So they've just announced their ad offering, nothing too exciting other than you can perhaps target users by their content preference and what they're streaming or binging with that streaming service. I'm calling it, it's more like cable 2.0. So you've got all of these sort of streaming networks. You've got Disney+, Plus. you've got Netflix, you've got Amazon TV, you've got Apple TV, you've got all of these different streaming networks, but all of them in some shape or other are getting into ads in the same way that Walmart, Tesco, and all of the big retail e-commerce players are also getting into ads in the same way that Apple's getting into ads in the same way that Amazon is getting into more ads as well. So I think the big story here is all of these Companies that never really were working in the ad economy are now entering it. And Netflix is probably one of the more important ones because of the amount of eyeballs and share of audience they have. But also their, I think their unique positioning in terms of content and media and how they could tie that in with their ad network. But there's a lot more to come there.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know Netflix is basically copying the traditional TV model. You're not buying the channel, but you're basically buying against shows as opposed to doing demographic targeting. seems like Netflix is targeting the television media buyer, not the digital media buyer, which I think is an interesting strategic choice. And then the second, I guess, a question for you is... You mentioned that Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Microsoft, they're all getting more into the advertising game. So is this having an impact on some of the ad tech companies? Are we seeing all of these sort of tech behemoths building their own technology? Are they acquiring it? Are they partnering? What's happening with this sort of downstream effect in ad tech?
2: There's a few things here advertising online is going in a whole bunch of different chaotic directions so you have all of these i'll call them for now ward gardens and so netflix they have a lot of first-party data they have a lot of owned audience amazon apple the rest of them they all have these big big audience groups but then you have these new cookie solutions like uid 2.0 and id5 and all of these other ways to target users across publishers and to try and solve on the eventual demise of the third-party cookie so ad tech is going in these all these different directions. So you have the Trade Desk. that's I think that's actually partnered with Netflix to run their ad show. And then you have a whole other group of ad tech vendors that are getting into these ward gardens to help support or to provide services within the context of that. Because let's remind everyone, Netflix has never done ads before. Neither has Disney. Neither has a lot of these ad networks. So a really good example was a story that just came out two weeks ago with Procter & Gamble. So Procter & Gamble, they probably sell you the soap that you buy from the shops (laughs) or their FMCG brand, big global brand, and they sell a whole diversity of products. But they actually just launched an ID5, which is one of the ad tech vendors and identity resolution. And effectively, they said, well, we've gone out to market and we've started creating a bunch of value because of that. And you could see how it's, I think as we're in this really interesting gray area where there's no clear direction in terms of where ad tech is going because of all the different new tracking solutions that are coming to market. But then these war gardens that are also using and taking apart some of the tech from these ad tech vendors as well. So I think it's a bit of a watch and see for now.
1: All right. So we're seeing changes in the advertising industry, a big story, some of the biggest players. Juan, give me your third topic of the
2: month. What caught your eye? Well, this one definitely caught my eye. And this is a little bit more of a fun one. And I've just recently did a piece on this called The Synthetic Marketer, which talks about AI and its influence in the creative services industry. So you've probably seen, if you spend any time on Twitter or on across other social media networks, the rise of these interesting new AI-based creativity tools. A few that I'll just call out, DAL E2, which is run by OpenAI, MidJourney is another one. And then the last one is probably the most notable is Stable Diffusion. Now, all three of these names are all AI tools that will illustrate and draw images for you based on text prompts, or they'll fill in an image based on a partial image that you give it. Now, why is that important for marketing? Well, I think there's a few things here to talk about that really influence how marketers go about their work. Now, I've spent a bit of time in these tools and I would give them a prompt, say Ben Shapiro riding a horse or Ben Shapiro riding on a surfboard in a wave, right? And we're going to use that for our advertising for our new partnership. Let's just say that Ben Shapiro for now. I could put that prompt in mid-journey and it will give me four different images. And then I can choose whether which one I want to reset or refresh or upscale as well. And then within literally 30 seconds, I have marketing content, illustrative design ready to go. Now, what does that do to an industry? Does that disrupt the entire creative department? Does that disrupt creative agencies like Ogilvy? I think they're a little bit early for that, but these platforms are getting better and better every day. And some of the designs and illustrations, I'll have to say myself, are actually beautiful. It's very hard to distinguish between that and actual artwork. So I think that's a really interesting one that's coming out to market now. Stable Diffusion just raised a number of funds. I think they've already reached a billion dollar valuation. And these tools are growing very fast and a lot of people are using them. But the second thing is the ethical implication of this. Do marketers want to use this? What does this do to your team? And what do you sacrifice with having literally any image you want within 30 seconds?
1: While you were talking about this, I'm having Stable Diffusion create an image. And all I did was put in the term martech podcast i want you to know that we are 97 out of 167 seconds into this so Juan, you're going to have to talk more about the implications and some of the moral changes great i can go create an image of somebody doing something and have artificial intelligence you could say i wanted to see benjamin shapiro riding a wave on a horse but then you can go send that to my wife and be like why isn't ben working during the day he's on a horse riding a wave what's going on here It's kind of getting into deep fake territory. What are some of the implications you see that make you nervous? And what are some of the practical implications that you think are actually
2: useful? There's a lot there to unpack. But I would say, I think the ethical implication here is how much of our marketing do we want to see to machines? And I think that's a real question that marketers need to reckon with. Because as you see with social media, with programmatic advertising, a lot of decisions are being made now by machines. Where your ads are being placed, who are they being sent to? even dynamic content personalization, a lot is being decided by machines. So I think the marketer sitting in the hot seat and they've got a market budget in hand and they're saying, what do I spend this on? Do they go invest in AI content because it's cheaper, faster, more effective? But what do they miss? Well, I think they lose more control over what's being designed and what's being created. Now, you you can always reject or accept the content that's been created by AI tools, but you are seeding more of that creative input into what you're doing with your marketing and your design and your branding So I think that's one of the big things is how much control do you really want to see to to a a robot? The other one is the implications over things like deep fakes and creating images that aren't real. There was a fantastic TikTok and it was hilarious of an actor that wasn't Tom Cruise, but used one of these AI's tools to create videos and he looked exactly like Tom Cruise. It was a spitting image. Now, what does that do to an industry? What does that do to misinformation? Do marketers really want to get involved with that? That's the real question we need to ask here. The benefits are efficiency, you can grow much faster, you don't have to wait for creators and illustrators and designers to do the work, it's much cheaper. You go from $300 to an illustration, say, to literally nothing. So the benefits are there, but we still need to grapple with it. And we have to think about what are the ethics of moving in this direction? Who do we need to fire if we're going to use this technology? I think that's a really good question for marketers to ask at this stage.
1: As much as you say it's simple and it's easy to create all these pieces of creative, mine timed out. So maybe the technology isn't as far along as you think it is. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Juan Mendoza, the author of The MarTech Weekly. Join us again tomorrow when Juan and I talk about Apple making inroads into the ad business. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Juan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Juan Mendoza, but it's spelled J-U-4-N-M-E-N-D the number zero, Z-4. Just try to find Juan on Twitter. Or you could just visit his website, which is The Martech Weekly. It's spelled exactly how it sounds, themartechweekly.com just one more link in our show notes i'd like to tell you about if you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes contact information for our guests or you can subscribe to the martech weekly newsletter You can also send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. -J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.